N-Y-Y-S-T This is New York Yankee Sports Talk yep. Swinging for the fences Knock it out the park This is New York Yankee Sports Talk Woo. Christian and Chris Of course SGR This is New York Yankee Sports Talk Call me New York Yankee Sports Talk uh. Record rain and shine Grab your shades and umbrellas N-Y-Y-S-T You're hanging with the fellas Welcome back. This is episode 304 of the NYYST podcast. We're live, unlike the New York Yankees, on NYY News TV. I am your host, Christian. As always, joined by my co-host, Chris. Yo. So, it's all over. Um, There's no way to sugarcoat it. It was embarrassing. It was one of the biggest debacles we've sat through as Yankee fans, certainly since 2004, which was supposed to be used as motivation <laughs> for this current team, which I'm sure we will definitely speak on. But the Houston Astros thoroughly uh, embarrassed the Yankees over the course of four games in the ALCS. The Yankees are home again, early again, and uh, it seems like the f- it seems like they keep getting further away from their goal of getting to the World Series. And by that, I mean in 17. They actually had two opportunities to go to the World Series. 19, they took him to six. This year, they got swept. And I said this last night, and I truly believe this, that there's a difference in between saying these two things. Over the course of these four games of the ALCS, the Houston Astros did not show you how much better they are than than, than the New York Yankees. The New York Yankees showed you how much worse they are than the in the Houston Astros. Yeah. Um, I definitely, I definitely agree with that. I mean, how many errors did they have in this series? It doesn't even matter what the actual number is. It's just that their stubbornness and their stupidity to not do things that we have sat here and, and actually warned them about throughout the course of 162 games throughout the ALDS they still went out there and they did them. And last night, just in the microcosm of this whole thing, cost them. They could possibly have played today. They might have played today if they had somebody else playing shortstop. Okay. I personally do not think that was that bad of a throw to 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 the bag by Glaber Torres on that ill-fated double play attempt there. It was that immediately turned into two runs, okay? A competent, competent shortstop, at least, at the very least, gets one, gets out. one out in that situation. Yep. At least gets one out in that situation, catches the ball, gets an out. Now, the, to say that that happens, Yankees win today, are we going on a miracle run? No, probably not. But it's almost fitting. It's almost fitting and deserving that the Yankees lost an elimination game because IKF could not make a play because he's at shortstop. It just it just goes to show you that the Yankees are so flawed that it rears its head at the worst possible times. And the, the one thing 
that we've been what we've been screaming about over a lot of things here. But the one thing we've been saying is you got Peraza on this on this roster. He has to play. You have to have a stronger defense. You made errors and got away with them against Cleveland. You can't do that against Houston. And what happens? The Yankees lost both. You could say the Yankees lost both games at home because they didn't play defense. Now, now in game three, okay, Bader and Judge, what are you going to do about that? They're both going to play. So it happens sometimes, right? But Jesus Christ, man, you're going down with IKF at shortstop. You're not even giving yourself an opportunity. And I don't care how many times I tweeted it, how many times I said it, and it came true again. Isaiah kind of thought that a shortstop was going to cost the Yankees in the postseason, and he did last night. And that's not even the that's not even to say that's that's what this show is going to be about. But it just goes to show you, Chris, they don't know what they're doing. Well, here. And, and you bring up a good point because there's a lot of there's a lot of people defending certain things and and they want to put all the blame on the players. Look, I'm right here with you, man. the The lineup was the offense was atrocious. I 100% agree with the people saying that you know it's not Boone or Cashman up there striking out a hundred times. Fine, but here's where I am going to defend the players a little. Let me ask you a question. Is IKF a shortstop? No, IKF is not a shortstop. Uh-huh. He's not. Do you blame IKF for being at shortstop in with the season on the line when he is not a shortstop, had no business being there all year? Or do you blame the organization that not only ran him out there for 165 games before they admitted to the public that he's not the guy and he's a liability by benching him. And then, all of a sudden, he's the guy again in the most crucial game of the year. What did I tell you, though? What did I tell you was going to happen when he made the final out of the ALDS? What did I tell you was going to happen? You were 100% right. You were 100% right, and I didn't doubt you. I didn't doubt you. And so to me, everyone wants to sit here and and say, I hate IKF. Do, do, I mean, do I love the guy? No. Am I defending him per se? No. What I'm trying to get at is this is the organization. I'm not talking about the team right now. I'm talking about the organization. We talked all year how we had to split the two. This is the organization as of right now that we root for. The organization we root for passes up on some of the best shortstops imaginable, imaginable, sells us and gaslights us on IKF. Not to mention they have one that's better than him in their own system. Okay. Plays, they play him for the entire six month, what is it, six month season? Okay. Over and over, we're screaming, play Peraza. Please. No. They keep going to this guy. Finally, when the season's on the line in Cleveland, they did the right thing. They finally admitted he's a liability out there. And they benched him. And yeah, I mean, Cabrera, we didn't really, he didn't really get challenged that much. But then in the ALCS, they did something even better. They put the guy on the roster that we were screaming should be on the roster and starting at shortstop, and then they fucking started him. 
And Christian, did he fail at shortstop? Was he bad at shortstop? Last I checked, he made two of the best plays that we saw out of the Yankees all postseason. And then what did they do? Did they keep playing him? Nope. Nope. Who did they end up playing again? IKF. And listen, if you want to make the argument that IKF is a, is more of a contact hitter compared to some of these other guys, I agree with you. As, as embarrassing as it is to admit, IKF was one of the better contact guys. That's how bad some of these guys were. But guess what? You had an opportunity to play him at his natural position where we saw him play for a few games during the season and he looked like a completely different player. He was much more confident at the plate just alone. Tell me why it was beneficial to not only leave Donaldson, why they needed to leave Donaldson at third base when he was nowhere to be found. Wash Donaldson. To play IKF at a position that he's incompetent at. Because they're incompetent. And and that's New York, and that's all it comes New down York to. The Yankees are run by incompetence, okay? Now you're going to sit here over the course of this next hour and listen to us and you're going to, and if you just woke up from a coma and we're like Yankees were in the ALCS and this is how these guys speak about the Yankees. Yes, this is how we speak about the Yankees because we're at a point now where we have we have run out of rope here. We have run out of rope with this with this administration, okay? We were on board. You want to rebuild. You want to get a new manager. You want to reset the luxury tax. You want to do all this stuff. And every year since then, they have gotten further away from the goal of getting to a World Series. Something needs to change. You cannot run this back. You couldn't run this back last year, and they did. They waited all of 15 minutes before handing Aaron Boone a brand-new contract. I'm stunned that I didn't see this come across my feet today. Brian Cashman, three-year extension from the Yankees. Actually a little bit stunned by can that. Can they do it in, before the actual season's over? Yeah, they, they, they can do it. They gave Boone a contract. The Was it that quick? The wild card game. Jesus. Within a week, Chris, he was re-signed. Within of a week, Boone had a new contract. Flash well, you know why we're not getting any that that news just yet. We probably won't get it as quick as quickly as we got the Boone news. It's going to happen. Cashman is coming back, but but the Yankees. You see, here's where the Yankees are smart. The Yankees are smart at when it comes to deceiving us. And gaslighting us. I've been tweeting this. <clears throat> I've been tweeting this multiple times. I think that Boone was so bad this series. That the Yankees are actually going to be forced. To use him as a scapegoat. Because Cashman's coming back. And that in itself. Is way worse than Boone coming back. In my opinion. And they understand. The, the level of anger and frustration that the Yankee fan base feels right now. And in order to bring Cashman back and settle settle the, the heat a little bit, lower the heat, the, the little gaslighting moves that they'd love to do, they might feel forced 
to use Boone as a scapegoat here and fire him. But guess what, guys? We, how many times do we have to say this? If Cashman's back, the guy who hired Aaron Boone, not only hired Aaron Boone, but then handed him an extension after five years of nothing. Who do you think he's hiring? Everyone's like, oh, Don Mattingly. Bro, Don Mattingly is an actual manager. Whether you think he's good or not as a manager is, is a completely different story. Don Mattingly is a manager. Don Matt, when Don Mattingly is hired to manage a baseball team, that's exactly what he's going to do. He's going to manage the baseball team, whether it's whether it's the right way or the wrong way, in your opinion, or if he's good or bad, it will be Don Mattingly managing that team. So why would Cashman ever hire a guy like, an old school guy like Don Mattingly? You're not getting that. You're getting, you're literally getting Aaron. It's, it's Halloween's coming up. Aaron Boone could put a fucking mask on and go out there and get rehired under a different name. It would be the exact same thing as Cashman hiring a brand new guy. Yeah, but you know what, Chris? And who's defended Aaron Boone more than us? No one. Uh, it's time. Yes. It was time it, it was time last year. It was absolutely time. You didn't even have to fire him. You could have just let him ride off in the sunset of not offering him a deal like you did with Girardi, but you brought him back. And now you have Look, I am not one of these fans that needs a pound of flesh. I don't need my pint of blood. I don't ever call for guys to be fired because I'm angry. But now I fucking need it. I need my pound of flesh. I need somebody to pay for what happened in the ALCS. But Christian, but Christian it, you won. have to also say that like, you can't be one of these guys that, I'm, that, I, that I just ripped the other day that is going to just be satisfied when they fire Aaron Boone and, no, and, and allow them to gaslight you like that. Aaron Boone because Brian Cashman does not deserve to hire the next, the next manager of the New York Yankees. He does not deserve that. This is all his doing. Everything that we're mad about is because of him. Yep. He does not deserve to hire the next manager of this ball club. But at the same token, Aaron Boone did enough on his own in this series to warrant getting fired. Absolutely. Okay. Listen to me right now. Listen to what I'm telling you. Last night, Nestor Cortez went out there and had nothing. Plain as day, we've watched this guy all year. We know when Nestor doesn't have it. It was irrelevant whether he was hurt or ineffective or just plain ineffective. He did not have it last night. And Aaron Boone is sitting there with his fucking finger up his ass, blowing bubbles like there's 103 games left to go in the season. Why was nobody up in that bullpen the moment he walked that first batter in the third inning? How about, how about how Nestor said he was hurting? They knew he was hurt. <sighs> You, hold on. You just blew game three. Was it game three of the <clears throat> ALDS, which extended the whole thing, a, an extra game that, that forced Nestor to pitch again. You did that because you didn't want to put Clay Holmes at risk of injury. Right. Because of some stupid fucking back-to-back -back rule that you have. But then Nestor's going to tell you he's not 100% and you're just going to leave him out there when you see him laboring? You're a fool. Let me tell you something. The biggest frustration I have with Boone is that he doesn't own his, his, 
he gives you these reasons for his I guess I guess you can blame the reporters for not grilling him. But he gives you these reasons for his moves and they make zero sense. Zero. You took out your best fucking pitcher. The guy who's supposed to be and and for this postseason, I think he was in Garrett Cole with with practically in a virtual must-win game with the game on the fucking line. You took him out and didn't even replace him with your best reliever. Are you fucking kidding? That in itself, you could just you could fucking print that out and frame it on your wall. That in itself is enough. You took out Garrett Cole for fucking Trevino? Are you fucking kidding me? Oh man. That's what that you know what? That's really something that pisses me off because you are, you're going to lose that game, lose with your horse, lose with go out swinging, lose with your best guy in the mound. I trust Garrett Cole in 96 pitches in that situation way more than I trust Lou Trevino. And that and I and I like Lou Trevino. I think he did a pretty good job here as a Yankee, but that was absolutely the wrong move. Okay, and you could tell how pissed off Garrett Cole was by that. I'm so sick and tired of Aaron Boone's lack of urgency when it comes to things. Go out with your best guy in the mound. Or at least bring in some trust more than Lou Trevino. If he went to Jonathan Luizic in that situation, you know what? I might have less of a problem with it. It's still the wrong move, but I'd at least... No, it is. But at least I'd sit there and say, okay, I can at least put myself <clears throat> in Boone's shoes and understand I don't agree with it, I think it's the wrong move, but I get it. You're bringing in Luizica, who has been lights out. No, you go to fuck. He was managing it like he would manage a regular season game in July. And that's down three nothing. That is what the problem is. He does not manage the postseason like it's the postseason. He never wakes. That's why. That's why whenever we did those grades and I and I gave him a final grade of a B or whatever, it's because he had a pretty good regular season. I'm not going to take that away from him because of how awful he was in the postseason, but that's what Aaron Boone's problem is. He never gets past the fact that the regular season ends. There is never, he, I'm surprised that he didn't, he didn't think there was a game today. He's still, man, <coughs> excuse me, he's still managing like there was a tomorrow. You're down three nothing. I know what Nestor's done for you this year. You wouldn't be here without Nestor Cortez. But show some urgency, man. I think Mac Miles in the chat said, probably the analytics team insisted Boone take out Cole at nine pitches. Actually, ironically enough, I believe his reasoning for going to Trevino had everything to do with analytics and what the analytics team gave him before the game, which, which it just it kind of comes full circle at that point. Of of and that's, of the issues look, with this team, the, the, the way the Yankees apply analytics is not working. I mean, what else do we need to see about this? And this is what people are like. Oh, this is the numbers. No, I don't care what the numbers say. I watched Garrett Cole pitch that fucking game on Saturday night. That's the best. That might have been the best stuff he had all season long. I know he was on the ropes and in trouble, but who's who's got a better chance of getting you out of that situation, Garrett Cole or Lou Trevino? It's it's actually the fact that we even have to pose that question, mocking even if we're mocking them, the fact that 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 question just came out of your mouth because 
in the real world that actually happened is almost enough. Like you almost have to take a step back and say, wait, did that really happen? And this guy still like, like, I'm sorry if I'm in charge of the team, I let him ride out the rest of the postseason. And literally today, when, when every Yankee fan woke up, the first thing they'd read is that Boone is gone. That's the first thing they would read. Because it's not, it's not just that. Like, that might have been one of the more egregious moves. But then you play IKF at short after benching him. And then, and then, okay, okay, let's just, as dumb as they are, let's just try and make sense of why IKF was in the lineup uh, last night. Was it for his defense? I would not. No, I, I you'd don't ha- think so. You'd have to at least come to the conclusion that IKF is more of a contact guy and we needed some contact guys in this lineup. So they put him in, in the lineup. They put him at the wrong position. He should have been playing third. And I mean, he came. He had a double. He came around to score. On this yeah, no, no. Back. He looked good. And, and you should have put him at third. Because was the third baseman, would you say Donaldson's defense made up for how awful he was at the plate? Okay. And would you say when IKF did play third, he actually looked good enough for you to feel comfortable with him there if you're going to play him at short? Much better than at shortstop. And would you say that Peraza looked like a fucking natural stud out there? Actually, you can, you can, you know that they're, they're confident in him because they put him in late in the game after pinch hitting. For the guy that was in the lineup, because he's he, he was one of the better contact hitters. After letting the guy at third, Donaldson, the guy who didn't even exist, get in that bat. And they and they pinch hit him for a guy who hasn't had a fucking base hit in four months. That's not true, bro. He dunked one in late on Saturday. Well, come on now, okay? <laughs> I mean, you have to laugh at some of this. You stuff have to. Do. If you don't, if you don't, you're you're driving your car off a fucking bridge. <sighs> the problem with Aaron Boone is not even some. It is. It is what he does in game. Okay. What we're detailing here is bad enough for a guy to lose his job. There's no accountability, bro. None. You hear the excuses after they lost game two. Oh, well, if the roof was closed. Well, the roof wasn't closed. <laughs> Judge's ball didn't go out. Wild. You lost. Here's what you say. We weren't good enough tonight. We have to get him tomorrow. Not, well, the wind was blowing. Who the fuck cares? You think that makes me feel better? You lost again. <laughs> the Astros... Everything the Astros do is is the right way. Okay, that pitch that Bregman hit out. Oh, it was only ninety one miles. Who cares? Who cares? He knew what was coming. He he read the he read the situation. He had an I'm approach. Not saying he knew, I'm not saying he he knew it was coming. As if somebody went bang bang. He he knew what he was doing in that situation. He knew where Sevy wanted to go. He's paying attention. He had an approach up there and got a pitch he could he he could turn on. Well, it wasn't a bad pitch. No, he knew what Seve's game plan was. And to be fair to Severino, like he said, it was it was actually not a bad pitch.
But a hitter with a good approach, for those of you, and 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 I understand that if you haven't played the game at a, you know, your whole life, even if you're a diehard fan, it's tough to understand what a good approach means at the plate. It's not just taking pitches when you should or, you know, knowing the count and shortening up. It's also when you're a really good hitter and in this situation Bregman's in, as good of a hitter as he is, knowing the likelihood of, of, you know, knowing Severino's attack all night. What's in Bregman's mind is this. What was the count? Do you remember? He had two strikes on him. I don't remember exactly what the count was. He definitely had two strikes on him. So, so a hitter like Bregman with two strikes, I think it might have been 0-2 or 1-2. He's thinking this. If he breaks one off, if I see that ball spinning... I need to do everything I can to waste it. But I also need an approach if I see a fastball coming. Now, as a hitter with an approach, you say if a fastball's coming, I don't care where it is. To me, in my mind, it's going to be in my sweet spot. Up and in. I'm going to turn on it. If it's if it's low and away fastball, I'm going to look like a fool. But if it is up and in, you remember when you used to play, you ever, you ever play MVP baseball? Uh-huh. When you used to guess where the pitch was coming? Uh-huh. And then if you guessed, it fucking lit up? Yeah. That's exactly, uh-huh. that was Bregman in real life. He said, if I see fastball, I'm just, I'm pretending it's, it's high and in, and I'm going to swing that way. And if it is, it's going to be gone. And if not, I'm going to look like an asshole. Guess what? He guessed right. And it fucking went. And that's called having a fucking approach at the plate. Something most of the Yankees hitters didn't have all all playoffs. But Chris, it's the it's the whining after they lose. Like they're it's disgusting. It's, the, it's embarrassing. It's the, it's the loser mentality of Higashoku was like, well, what was the exit velo on Bolton? Who cares? It's like when Chris Woodward was bitching and complaining about the little league stadium. Where are you playing? What are the conditions that you are pl- <coughs> that you're playing under? You know, just hit it to the wrong part of the ballpark on that night. It happens. You had him. <coughs> I know. I had the had same 20, tickle in my throat. You had 26 other outs to make something happen in that game, and you didn't do it. And you can't be hung up because Aaron Judge didn't. He hit the, He hit a, a, a ball with a 960 expected batting average to, that, to, the, to the warning track, okay? <laughs> Shit happens in life. You also had three other games to, to to do something. You didn't do anything. Oh, I don't understand why the fans are mad at Josh Donaldson. I think he's having good at what the fuck are you watching? What are you watching? That and I tweeted this. Some of the things that he says, it just scares the shit out of me that this is the guy that's supposed to manage the team that I love to the World Series. What is he watching? There's a difference between not throwing your players under the bus. I have to get a border. (laughs) There's a difference between not throwing your players under the bus and also holding them accountable. You don't, when Boone gets, gets behind the microphone, he's not forced to say, you know, Boone's not forced to sit there and say, Donaldson looked good. That... It's not like you either say he looked good or you're throwing him under the bus. There's a way to hold him accountable 
without throwing him under the bus. How about something like Donaldson's shown me enough all year that I still have faith in him, but his at-bats... Which would be a lie. His at-bats have to get better, and clearly he's not doing the job right now, and he knows that just as much as anyone else. Look, bro, it goes back to earlier in the season when he said IKF is, a, is one of the best defensive shortstops in baseball. Hold on, well, bro. Yeah, he doubled is, down. He doubled down and said he was he was pissed off that he wasn't nominated for a gold glove. What are you watching? What are you watching? Maybe that they drugged him. Maybe they fucking... Maybe they took a piece one, of his brain out. When they put the pacemaker yeah, in? Yeah, maybe they, the, they took, took a, a little piece out? of fucking little lobotomy action. If there's one person in the entire world that I would expect to watch every single pitch thrown by thrown in the New York Yankees game, it would be the manager. And he says some of the dumbest things for somebody in that position. Oh, I, I don't know why the fans are mad at Josh Donaldson. I don't know. Aaron, he struck out 17 times in three fucking games. You know what's funny? I just thought about something. Boone actually did something during this postseason. And it's either one of two things are true. Either Boone admitted he's a liar or he exposed how little control he has over the decisions made on this club because you went out there just before the playoffs or actually during and said, you know, you had your your comments about how he's one, I cast one of the best shortstops in the league, then said he should have been up for a gold glove. Why are you benching him? If that's what you truly believe, why are you benching him? So one of two things are true. You're a fucking liar, and you think he sucks, and you know he sucks at shortstop. Or you have zero control over the decisions made on your own ball club. Why can't both be true? Or both. Or both. So <clears throat> you really, you really want to know the unforgivable sin the unforgivable sin i like to use that term the unforgivable sin okay this fucking guy who's this guy aaron boone okay aaron boone decided that while his team is down three games to none in the aocs he was going to motivate his team <laughs> by showing them the biggest comeback in ALCS history and baseball history. Okay. At the time, it now, might have even been sports history. I don't know if any team came back down I three. Think it's, happened, it's happened in hockey a couple of times. Yeah, maybe that's, but that doesn't fully count. All right, no one cares about hockey. Uh -huh. okay. Except Canada. <clears throat> Listen, on a level, it makes a lot of sense. I'm all for motivation saying, hey, guys. This has happened before. It can happen again. If you're the Seattle fucking Mariners, or this didn't happen to the New York Yankees, how goddamn tone deaf could you possibly be? Wild. Wild, because above all else, you can argue that the two thousand that two thousand four collapse was the was the was the end of the dynasty. That was it. It ended it. That That's what took down the dynasty. So I don't know if Aaron Boone was trying to have a hold my beer moment with this by saying, hey, this is the worst series moment, stretch of time in Yankee franchise playoff history. And he's like, I got this beat now. 
or what he was trying to do in that situation. And here's the here's the here's here's the part that I really can't wrap my head around, Chris. Nobody asked him about this. Nobody had an inkling that this happened. Like, hey, Aaron, did you do this? He offered this information up freely. What was he thinking was going to happen? Did he think he, the, the fan base was going to be like, yeah, boom, what a great way to rally. Some of us still cannot get over what happened in 04. Well, Boone, this was such a great move, but it really doesn't make sense unless you had David Ortiz FaceTime the team. Did you have David Ortiz FaceTime the team? You did? What a hero. I'll yeah, tell you what. Cheater. I'll Mario tell you what. Mario if I was in that fucking clubhouse, I would have walked. You I would have walked out. the fuck out. I would have walked the fuck out. If I was Aaron Judge, I would have been like, you know what? Thanks for making my decision easy for me. What a fucking slap in the face of guys that have done so much for this organization. Guys that have printed, that have etched their names in the history of this great organization. Maybe once great organization because I don't know how great they are anymore. Derek Jeter, Mariano Rivera, Hideki Matsui, uh, Jorge Posada. Did they deserve that yesterday? Did they deserve to have that happen to them? Hey, Yankees, here's your motivation. Watch these guys that if they took a shit would have more fucking rings than you guys could ever imagine. Watch their biggest failure and let that motivate you. What an absolute disgusting joke of a thing that Aaron Boone did yesterday. Was it Aaron Boone's decision? He made it, to me, made it sound like there's a mental health coach or whatever the fuck. Yeah, well, you know what? I need a fucking mental health coach (laughs) from watching this team for the last five years. Watching this guy manage this team for the last five years. How about this? How about this, Chris? You're the manager, okay? Hey, 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 Tom, I don't know what this fucking guy's name is, but hey, Tom, what are you doing over there? Oh, Aaron, we're going to get highlights to the 048 LCS together so we can motivate the... Fuck no. Get the fuck out. You're fired. That's <laughs> right. a stupid idea. Right. Think about how many people had to approve this decision. Even if it was the guy's idea, think about how many people had to approve it for that to happen. Like, you know how sometimes people get duped on social media by parody accounts now? Right, right, right. I had to make sure, I had to go in there like we were, like it was fucking water, the Watergate investigation, trying to <laughs> verify that this actually was not, that people were not being duped by this. That this was a real thing that happened. And that's not a joke. You're not even joking. Because I had to do the same thing. I thought it was a joke. I was like, no, this is a joke. Somebody's fuck. Somebody got. Somebody got fucking had by one of these these parody accounts, and now and, and a couple people tweet. No, 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 no. Because then I I heard Aaron Boone actually offered this information up. Actually did. If you want to do that, you know what? I always say, well, what people do behind closed doors is their own business. If that's something that you really thought was going to help this team, you how do you not know that this was not going to go over well? Well, they did kind of emulate, you know, it did kind of reflect. They went up big and they felt good and confident and then they fucking blew it. So, you got what you wanted. I just I think Aaron Boone is probably one of the best guys 
that is in Major League Baseball, but he is just not cut out to manage the, the New York Yankees. It's just plain and simple. He is not cut out to manage this ball club. If he wants to go out there and and be whatever this is that he is out in Kansas City or or wherever, go ahead. I'm not saying he can never have another job in Major League Baseball, being a Major League Baseball manager, because guess what? I don't think if he get is, one, but... You know what? It's not my problem. This is my problem. My problem is watching him manage the team that I've, I've loved for the last 39 years. That's what my problem is. And, I, and I'm going to transition off of Aaron Boone here because I'm going to tell you that Aaron Boone is not the illness. As, Aaron Boone as is bad not, as he was and is. He is he's, not. Not the, he's not the illness. Aaron Boone is a symptom of what the illness is. Brian Cashman is a major, major liability to the success of the New York Yankees at this very moment. Now, I'm going to stop you real quick because I thought of something before we Uh came on air. You thought of it? And I want all of our viewers, thank you for being here. We got a a bunch of people watching right now. We appreciate it. And anyone listening to this tomorrow on Apple Podcasts, if you are, leave us a five-star rating and review. All right. But I want everyone, as we go into this segment, to think about this for a second. The New York Yankees are going to do something that we all need to sit down and comprehend. They're going to, with the moves they make in the front office, they're going to show, they're going to expose what their true goal is. If their true goal is to... to be a contender, and win a World Series every year. Then the clear move, it's not even a question, is to get rid of Brian Cashman. If their goal, which is more likely, is to be competitive with a lot of money, so it's pretty easy, be competitive enough to to be relevant and make the postseason, and then leave it up to the crapshoot of the playoffs, then Brian Cashman is the best, most secure hire that they can have. So, what did you just say? Something about the Yankees wanting success and wanting to win it all? This will show, if he's handed a contract, which he will, he will be, this is proof, evidence, that their goal is not to win a World Series every year. Because how much money has Hal handed to Cashman to spend over the last... We'll just start at 20, 2017. It's a billion dollars. It's around a billion dollars. Just roughly. What does he have to show for it? At Maybe a pennant at least? Nothing. Nothing. So if your goal... Is to is to breed champions and fucking win the World Series. You know clear you have the wrong guy. He spent a billion dollars of your money. And you haven't won shit. Not even a pennant. You've looked embarrassed by the same team year after year. With the same issues year after year. And you're going to hand him another contract 
and we're supposed to believe that you care about winning World Series? Or do you care about being relevant, having fans in the seats, and maybe, just maybe, you'll get lucky enough that Brian Cashman's bullshit will somehow win you the crapshoot and bring home the trophy. And that would just be the best of both worlds. Hal Steinbrenner has the opportunity to show that to us. I have a very bad feeling that we're not going to like the outcome. No, I, I look, I keep making this point because it's how I can, I can rationalize, not rationalize, but how I can, I can draw parallels between two worlds. Right. And I said this to you yesterday. Okay. Now, the Giants don't hold the same space in my life that the Yankees do, but I am a Giants fan. And I'm, New York I'm super, Giants, New York football Giants, New York Giants football. Okay, well, I might okay. be a San Francisco maybe, Giants maybe, fan if sure. maybe. Okay, okay, okay. okay. And I'm very okay, excited. okay, okay, okay. I'm very excited by the by the way the team has been playing this year. But why is why why has why has the team that's been the worst team in in, in the NFL now suddenly six and one? I don't know. Did they uh, re up on their GM and and head coach? Oh, There's a lot of power. You know what? Hold on. This is a great point. Who's their? G- they have a new GM now, right? Yes, they do. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now, after Coughlin left, who was hired as the head coach? That's an excellent. Uh, I think that was McAdoo. It's for next okay. guy. In. Who hired him? Who the, was GM? the GM at the time. Yeah, the GM. I would say the GM, the owner, was in on that. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Then they got rid of him, right? They hired someone mm-hmm. else. Did that guy mm-hmm. get the job done? No. Okay. Then they finally said, okay, we're done gaslighting the fans. We're going to get a fucking real GM we trust. Did that new GM hire DeBall? Dable. Dable. I call him DeBall. I don't care. I fucking love that guy, and I hate the Giants. But Yeah. Well, okay. okay. Hired Brian and, what, Dable, and what's going man. on right now? Should the Giants be 6-1? and one? Probably not. No. But do you see what happens when you get a guy here? who fucking has some balls and fucking knows how to win. Well, here's, here's the point that I'm trying to make, right? There's a lot of similarities in the way that these two, these two teams are, these two teams are run because they're both, uh, they're both legacy teams in the sense that the owners got the teams from their fathers. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now the giants after the last super bowl and that whole thing fizzled out, right? They didn't want to break away from what is the giant, the quote, the giant way. They kept bringing in guys that had ties to the organization. Mara kept wanting to do things that made him feel comfortable, made him feel safe, and affected the on-field product. Yet Giants have been the dregs of the NFL for the last 10 years. And then finally, the outrage of the fan base got so bad, he was like, I got to do something different. I got to bring in guys that might actually know what the hell that they're doing and and get my fans back behind me. The public embarrassment got so bad that it forced John Mara to change his ways and change the way that he thinks about how his football team should be run. And now the Giants are 6 and 1. I'm not saying they're going to win a Super Bowl, I'm not saying that they're going to be a dynasty, but you can see what happens when the public embarrassment got so bad that you you thought outside of your box and and you decided to change things up now. Now, similarly, I know the Giants had a couple of different people in here, but Brian Cashman is that same thing. The the maybe not the Giant way, but 
he's he's the he's the third Steinbrenner brother. Okay, that's exactly what he is. He is a he is an extension of the Steinbrenner family. He's been with the organization since 1986. Hal looks at him like part of the family. So keeping them him there is safe. It's stable. When is the public embarrassment going to get so bad that Hal's like, I can't do this anymore? My reputation is taking a hit. Or does he not care? Because I'll give John Mara credit for this. He cared enough to say enough is enough. I don't like being booed when I'm out in public. I got to do something different. I get these fans to believe in me and how this organization is going to be run again. So credit to him. Is Hal Steinbrenner at that point? Will Hal Steinbrenner ever be at that point? I don't, I just don't see it. And I've, I've been trying to articulate something and I, and I, and I, the way you can also look at it, I'm sorry, is that the Giants are never going to have to worry about making money. They're always going to have people in the stands. And Maris still got to this point. Is is just the simple fact that people coming in and clicking the turnstiles enough for Hal Steinbrenner? Well, it again, I mean, I just said we're gonna we're gonna get that answer. It's gonna be clear as day. And I've been having trouble articulating this point, so maybe it, it'll be easier now. Um now I can't fucking Okay, now you're okay sorry, I got off. it. Uh-huh, there you go. It's one thing. When you think of a fair weather fan, describe it. Describe it. Yeah, okay. No, it's absolutely you. Describe a fair weather fan to me. Uh, somebody that watches maybe like 40 games a year, okay? Uh, if they're even, that's if they're even good. No, I think okay? that's a bandwagon fan. I think a fair weather fan is someone who, who, when they're good, they're all on board, and when they suck, they're done. Well, that's also a bandwagon. As you, you, they're kind of the same okay. thing. Okay, whatever, right? So being two guys who have grown up on Yankee baseball, who, who literally breathe it, who fucking bleed fucking blue blood and, and, and pinstripes their whole lives, to sit here and say, oh, it sounds spoiled, right? Oh, they made the ALCS, but now I'm done. This isn't about the losing. This isn't about the failing to win a World Series. It's failing to win a World Series over and over the same ways and not seeing any change. And that's the biggest issue. I'm not sitting here down on the Yankees because they failed. They made the ALCS and they failed. Like, that's the argument people will make. I had to turn off the, I had to turn off sports radio this morning because here's what I hate about the local. WFAN guys, they're they're great when they have to analyze things throughout the season. They watch here and there, and they they know enough to get through, right? But when it comes down to the to the to the real shit, to the emotional shit, to the shit that only a true diehard fan knows, like the antics of Brian Cashman over the last few years, you have no right to sit there and say this guy's brought you twenty five straight winning seasons and. This guy's got you to the ALCS and now you're crying? You want him gone? Yes. Because that's not the goal. And even if the goal was to just make the postseason, you're still not doing enough to even remotely show us that you care about winning at all. 
that you that you will take that risk to get guys here, if it, even if it means hurting down the road by giving up all-star prospects, to get them here to do it. They refuse to do it over and over, and the owner is going to double down on it. He's doubling down on the guy who doubled down on the manager who we can't understand why he's here. I mean, we know why he's here. It, let me ask you a question. Hal Steinbrenner finally tells Cashman to go fucking kick rocks. Hires a new GM. That new GM hires a new manager. And they give it a few years. Maybe they even try to rebuild the team. And it's, and it's tough to watch. Are you still sitting there saying, hey, my owner showed me that he cares about more than just putting a competitive team out there. He wants it all, and we weren't getting there with the old regime. Are you at least sitting there saying, my frustration, my passion, my dedication is worth it because the guy that I support financially is proving to me that he cares about the same thing I care about, and that's winning a World Series. We're all sitting here like assholes upset that the Yankees are out of the playoffs because our goal is to win a World Series. We want to watch our team win. We care about something more than what the owner is showing us he cares about if he if he brings Cashman back. And that's just not okay. That's when you draw the line. No, and to me, a lot of it is also now how they bowed out of this ALCS. If I said it last week that there was no shame in losing to the Houston Astros. They're better than you. But this is fucking shameful, the way they went out this, this year. A sweep, no fight, making excuses. That's shameful. You went to war for seven games, and you, and you, were to, and you lost – at least I can go into the offseason saying, hey, you know what? They This is the team that we rooted for, and that's the best that they are. This was embarrassing. But Christian. And they made excuses about it, too. And that comes down from the – that all comes down from Brian Cashman, bro, but, because he allows that to, to go on in the clubhouse because of the manager that he hired. It's beyond that, though, because – since 2015, this team has been eliminated four times by the same team. And each year, what do we say has to happen? The Yankees have to build a team better than the Houston Astros. Plain they're and never simple. Gonna do, they're never going to do it. Never. And, and, and it goes even further beyond that. You can even pick apart specifics. Like, what was Cashman, after the Yankees were embarrassed by the Red Sox last year, what was one of the first lines Brian Cashman said to the media? Oh, we need to get a shortstop. And who? And, and was that shortstop good? So good that what they felt bad for the Astros? They they benched him. It, it, he's that. It, did did we fill that hole? Why did the Yankees look so overmatched? Do you think that this team should have looked that overpowered after how many years of losing to the same bullshit? Or was it the fact that? We had 400 different lineups, three different shortstops, two different left fielders, couple different DHs. Whose fault is that? All these question marks that popped up in the postseason. I know there were injuries, but overall, 
the biggest question mark that's glaring at you is th- is at the shortstop position because of what Cashman admitted to us. So whose fault is that? You know, I don't. I hate that that Boone puts out a different lineup every single night. But at at a point, you got to step back and say, do you really fucking blame the guy? He doesn't even have a sh- a sh- fucking shortstop. He's putting he's putting Oswaldo Cabrera at shortstop, a kid who. Wasn't even supposed to be up here this year. Doesn't doesn't play there. He's playing him at shortstop in the postseason. That's what this guy, that's what it came down to. Are you kidding me? And we're just supposed to sit back and say, okay, the guy who did all this, the guy who constructed all this, okay, you're bringing him back? Perfect. We trust that. We trust him to build a, a World Series caliber team. Are we stupid? It's so misguided that fans want to tell me or, or complain that Hal Steinbrenner is cheap. He's not cheap. No. You want no, you want to look at the revenue charts and oh, the, the percentage. Who, I don't care about that. You want him to have a $500 million payroll? You think So let's say, the, let's say Hal Steinbrenner was like, I'm going to spend 50% of the money I make on this team, here's $500 million. Do you, even, do you still trust Brian Cashman to spend that money properly? Nope. And and, it, and Christian, it goes beyond that too. Because people are saying it in the chat, but I got to say that if you go back to, to old episodes throughout the year, we've been saying this over and over. How many guys, let's look beyond the money. Let's say, okay, maybe Brian Cashman doesn't spend my money that well. Well, at least maybe he put together a staff that can get us good prospects that we can nurture and we have a we have a healthy organization that that's going to nurture these guys and we're going to bring them up like guys like Peña for the Astros and McCormick. We're going to have those guys, right? How many fucking prospects has Brian Cashman brought over here that have panned out? Remember we were supposed to rebuild and get younger? How'd that fucking happen? How'd that work out for us? One and a half. Yeah, right. Give him one and a half. Yeah, because Seve counts as a half. No, I was counting Glaber. That's half. That's Glaber's not ours though. We traded for him. Well, he still brought him in. Yeah, but still. Guy. But still, uh-huh. I'm talking about the full process of scouts going out there, reporting uh-huh. back or the analytics or whatever, drafting these guys, signing them to international pool money, slot money, whatever we call it, and actually nurturing these guys and and then bringing them up and making them an impact player on this team. How many of those guys do we have? Instead, we got. Instead, we got fucking. Uh, look, Matt Carpenter did a great job throughout the regular season. But let's get real for a second. We got fucking washed up Matt Carpenter, washed up Donaldson for for fifty million fucking dollars over two years. We got a we got a joke of a of a shortstop who's not even a shortstop. We got lucky with Tre- with Trevino throughout the year. He wasn't supposed to be that good. We got fucking. Don't even know who our left fielder is because you were trying to trot fucking Aaron Hicks out there all season long. You had your your all-star right fielder playing short because you were fucked up over there. You have you bring center. you center, sorry. You have uh Stanton come in in the playoffs after not playing in the field all year and showing you how capable he is of doing it. What is going on? What is happening? The first red flag for us should have been after 2016, not having a down, 
not you know we were supposed to rebuild and get younger and not skipping a beat that should have been the first red flag because if this team truly wanted to rebuild it would have taken some time and instead the prospects that we held on to that were so valuable that we couldn't even get Garrett Cole off a trade not only did they not pan out guys not only did they not pan out they were fucking released for nada. And then you can even make the argument that these some, most, most of these guys don't even get the opportunity. The Astros are, are living proof of what happens when you give young guys with talent a real shot. Where you trust the process enough to give them a real shot. But why won't the Yankees do that? Why won't the Yankees have those years where maybe they don't pan out? Because what happens? Then you expose them and they lose their value. And people aren't filling the seats like they used to. They will not let that happen. Instead, they will play this bullshit game where they act like they really care by getting second-rate players instead of the guys who we know could put this team over the top without risking any prospects that we probably won't even see pan out. And it will just be a vicious cycle until guys like Garrett Cole and Aaron Judge are out of their prime. And Stanton. And then guess what? It's the it's the it's the post two thousand nine Yankees all over again, except without a World Series. Okay. No World Series. Remember how bad those couple years were with fucking what's that Lance Berkman in, in right field? Fucking Chase oh, right. Headley. Lance Chase Headley at third. Remember how awful that was? Yeah, it's gonna be, it's gonna be that, except we didn't get that re reset of a World Series. You know, they could get a World Series if they uh they want it. Really couldn't I don't think it would be that hard. How do you do it? Uh you get a new manager and a new general manager. Well, and it just goes back to my point that I wanted everyone to think about before we started. I would love to. I don't think this team was good enough to beat the Houston Astros, but I would have loved to have seen this team with better leadership. But Christian, don't you think that in itself, that statement in itself, after how many years, knowing, knowing the caliber of team we needed to build and who we needed to beat, that... Not only was this team not good enough to beat the Astros, and we knew it on paper, but they were arguably worse than any other time we've played them. Like, the 2019 team was way better built to beat the Houston Astros than this one. They would have been if they had Garrett Cole, but we couldn't trade Miguel Andujar. Right, or Clint Frazier. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. They They were too valuable in the minor leagues. And I, you know what, I really can't get on not trading for Verlander in 17, man. Because I don't even think at the trade deadline they knew that this they were a playoff team, that they knew that this was going to happen. I can't really get it. But once once that year passed, you had a chance to get Garrett Cole. You know, you, didn't, you don't get him. You know, it's just time and time again, man. The same thing this year. Yeah, I know pitching wasn't the problem. Everybody likes to tell me, oh, pitching wasn't the problem. We didn't lose because we didn't pitch. I get it. When I said that Garrett Cole 
had to protect whatever lead that he was given on Saturday night. Unfortunately for him, he was never given he wasn't given anything to work with. And you so know it doesn't what? matter. And, and and honestly, I've been the first to jump down Garrett Cole's throat after errors are made, you know, staying focused, but for the first time I'm actually going to defend the guy because not only did he fucking was he one of the only guys to truly fucking put his balls on that mound and 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 put this team on his back the best he could? But in that game, in that environment, in that atmosphere, down 0-2 in the series, back at home, with the way he was pitching against a team that is so good, every little mistake they take advantage of. I'm sorry for the first time. I cannot blame Garrett Cole one bit for what happened. I, and I and I refuse to do it. I understand an ace needs to go out there and pick up his team. But there's also a point when your ace has done that, has proven he's done that over the over two big games throughout the postseason so far. And and as as the defense behind him, you know how critical it is to be flawless against a team that's better than you. You have to be flawless. And you let that happen. Man, I, I, I just can't get on Garrett Cole. I'm sorry. And, I, and I've been the first to do it all year long. But to further the point that I was trying to make, you know what? Aaron, uh, Aaron Boone, uh, Brian Cashman willingly made a decision not to trade for Luis Castillo. I don't care what the package was. He could have done it. He could have went up there and, and said, hey, you know what? I got this. Let's talk. Let's talk about what you guys want. No, it said he was too worried about what he was going to lose, and he brought they brought in Frankie Montas, who, yes, is a second-class bum compared to Luis Castillo. Mm-hmm. Okay? Could the Yankees have gone to Juan Soto? I don't know. But the Yankees were never in on Juan Soto because they didn't want to pay the piper for him. Wouldn't it have been nice to have Juan Soto out there in left field instead of? And I like Ben Benintendi, and we'll talk about this in the coming weeks. I like to see Benintendi come back. But man, wouldn't a Yankee Stadium, wouldn't a Yankee Stadium be built for a guy like Juan Soto? Nah, nah. Hey, Bryce Harper goes out there and wins an LCS MVP. Yeah, I love Bryce Harper. I wanted him more than Manny Machado. When those two guys were free agents. Wasn't even close, couldn't get, really. Couldn't get them. We had too many outfielders on the roster. Who the outfielders, Chris? Fucking Brett Gardner, who I never want to disrespect. Aaron Hicks. <laughs> Jacoby Ellsbury. These are the guys that kept us from getting Bryce Harper. Actually, if you go back and read Cashman's tweets, he, he actually has quotes, uh, uh, not tweets, quotes, he has quotes out there to the media saying, I don't know why you guys even think we're we're remotely interested. We're not even talking. We don't we're not interested at all. We don't need him. I never said I needed an outfielder. We got young guys in the in the system. Yeah. And then and then the reporter said something about George Steinbrenner getting everyone. Guess what he said? Guess what he came back with? And I'm paraphrasing here. The game has changed. Luxury luxury tax, blah, blah, blah. Okay, thanks, Brian. Thank you for pointing that out. Because you were always revered as a great general manager. But since the game has changed, 
You have nothing. The game has changed so much, Brian. So you've had to evolve, right? What do you have to show for it? What proof do you have that you've evolved successfully with the game to adapt as a GM in today's game? Unlike when George Steinbrenner was alive. A poorly constructed roster. Exactly. Way too much money. Exactly. So thank you, Brian, for pointing that out. That's exactly why you should fucking go because the game has changed and you as a general manager don't work anymore. See ya. You know, you want to write, you, you want to put the, um, the nail in the Brian Cashman coffin. He put it in there himself when he traded for Josh Donaldson. That is one under these circumstances that is, especially now to the way everything is played out. One of the worst trades you'll ever see. The fact that you identified shortstop as your biggest area of weakness and you brought in a guy that doesn't play shortstop to play shortstop. Now, mind you, one of their other uh, genius maneuvers was to trade for Matt Chapman, who's a gold glove third baseman, and they wanted to play a shortstop. Okay. Who? Just keep that there. Matt Chapman. Oh, uh, uh. Okay. And along with that, to, to bring in your special guy, IKF, you had to take on 50 million dollars of Wash Donaldson. Okay. 25 AAV. Guess how much Bryce Harper makes this year? I uh, believe 27. It's uh, it's probably, it's, I think it's a little bit lower. It's a lot closer than, uh, than people think. More proof that, that Hal spends and, and it's just not being spent properly. And here's the, here's the funny part, right? Here's the real funny part. Carlos Correa could have been yours for one year. Could have been the stopgap that you needed. All you had to do was think outside the box a little bit. You mean to tell me that Minnesota's smarter than you? Is not a problem in of itself? Well, and, and that they dumped they dumped Josh Donaldson in your lap so they could get the guy that you really needed. And then I mean, if you, I mean, think of all these things that have happened. And what is, and this is where you get on Hal. Like, what are you fucking doing? What are you paying attention to? How, what, what kind of sheen they put on your boat? Come on now. If I'm the owner and I, let's say I own something, right? And I put you in charge of running it. And I'm just there to count the fucking money. I'm going to count the money. And then I'm like, wait a second. But you got to run everything by me before you do it. And you're like, hey, boss, listen, we need a shortstop. Okay. All right, we need a shortstop. All right, Brian, what are you going to do about it? Well, I'm going to trade for this guy over here, but he's not a shortstop. And I, immediately I'm thinking to myself, like, oh, I'm not a baseball guy. What do I know? But what I'm going to do also is I'm going to take $50 million of a guy that's fucking washed up. I'm going to take him on so I can get this guy. And I'm going to say to myself, well, this, this must be a really good baseball player if you're going to willingly waste $50 million of my money to get this guy. Oh yeah! On top of that, I'm going to trade for a catcher that we don't even know is 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 a real person. Oh, oh wow, wow! This is this is really this is really making a lot of sense to me right now. And on top of that, boss, here here's the real kicker: by me taking all that money, 
I'm going to allow that team to get the guy that I really want and I really need. Well, well, <laughs> well. Hold on. Now let's let's look at the alternative. That in that situation, you're the you're the owner, and I'm running the the shit for you, and I have to come to you and run everything by you, right? You were counting your money, and then you then you looked up and had some questions, and I had to report to you, right? Now let's do a scenario, same thing, but instead of you taking time to ask questions and me having to report back to you. What if you just kept counting the money and never looked up and that money wasn't changing and it was, it was growing. Would you have to ask questions? Would you, would you really care? Would you really care? Or would you say, Chris is doing a great job. Look at this cash I got in front of me. Look at this cash. house got in front of him, right? He'll never go anywhere. Why would I want to risk this money in front of me? He's doing a good job. He's bringing it in every year. I don't care what he's doing. It's working for me. That's what Hal is going to show you is all that matters when he hands that guy running the ship who doesn't have to report back so long as that money is there another contract that he does not deserve. Yes, he, he absolutely does not deserve to, to spend one more day as a Yankees general manager. He does... He does not deserve the opportunity to hire another manager. He he doesn't deserve the opportunity to be the guy to sit in the room and negotiate with Aaron Judge. He doesn't deserve to be even the guy to sit there in the room and negotiate uh, maybe a longer-term deal with Anthony Rizzo. He doesn't deserve any of it. You had your opportunity. You went into to Hal Steinbrenner in 2016, and you said, give me the keys. I'm trading Miller. I'm trading Chapman. I'm trading Beltran. We're gutting this thing. We're getting younger. We're going in a new direction. Let's go. All right. And what happens? They get to the seventh game of the ALCS, and it's just been a steady decline since then. He is not. He is. He he showed you the. He showed you the initiative. To take control of this organization, he has not shown you that he has the ability to get over the hump. Because whether or not Hal gives a shit what he does or doesn't do, based on what he spends, what he doesn't spend, whatever he is given is more than enough. He has more than enough resources to make this a championship caliber team, and he just doesn't do it. I don't care what anybody says. This payroll is way high enough to build a champion. You have good enough prospects in your system to trade for guys, and he doesn't make the right moves. You want to know why? Someone wanted us to bring it up. We, We did bring it up. Maybe you weren't around for it. But Brian Cashman, really, out of all the resources he has, only relies on one of them. And it's been a progression where... Every year that passes, he relies on this one resource more and more. And that's what the computer's printing out. And it's obvious. It's obvious because the way that we talk about the philosophy, when we talk about philosophy, what we're talking about is the blueprint that the Yankees live and die by. That blueprint is there from, from, the, from the excessive analytics that this team relies on. 
it's part of the reason why we don't have a real manager. Brian Cashman doesn't trust a real manager. He doesn't want guys using their eyes and heart because analytics say that it's wrong. He doesn't like giving guys the bunt sign because the analytics tell him that giving up that out works out less, is less successful than letting the guy swing the bat. Guess what, Brian? That might be true when you actually have guys who know how to put the ball in play. This is why you can't... Analytics have a very important role in today's game, and I get that, and I acknowledge that, and I... And I agree with it. But when you rely this heavily on analytics, you're doing it for one reason, to be safe. You're doing it to be safe because the analytics and the computers and the algorithms are so good that you can actually put a lot of trust in them to, to, to put out a, a competitive product. And that's what the crapshoot's all about, man. You're hearing this term crapshoot in the playoffs. That's not true. Yeah. Yeah. Will you make the playoffs every year? Sure. You have a $270 million payroll. I mean, especially not to expand the postseason. I mean, the Yankees should. Right. Right. It should be, there should be a criminal investigation launched if the Yankees don't make the postseason with the way things are now. And it, and it's, again, we're just going, you know, again, for the bad things, you also get the good things. You got a guy in, in Bader who I really love on this team. He was a great pickup. He really was, and I think he fits well here. Now let's go over the, again, the other six it, guys we have to worry about. But it just goes to show you that he he doesn't... Yeah, I love Harrison Bader. I'll be the first one to admit that, but you, re, you, you identified a problem on this team. Mm-hmm. Midway through the year, you needed a center fielder. You didn't want Judge out there all year playing center field. You identified a problem, right? And so how'd you fix it? Traded for a center fielder, right? Makes a ton of sense, except for the guy couldn't play for another fucking six weeks. You need to start in pitching. You had a, you had a legitimate ace available to you. All you had to do was pay the freight. Instead, you were worried about what you had to give up. You bring in a guy like Frankie Montas, who, guess what, was hurt and didn't do a goddamn thing for you the entire year. It's crazy, man. And I, I just want to say real quick, not to not to veer off, just very quick to all of you watching right now, thank you. If you have a second after this show, please subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your your podcast so you don't miss a show. Um, if you're watching now, obviously, please uh, subscribe to the NYY News TV YouTube channel. Pete's grown that shit in, in a crazy way. Uh, so we thank you all for that. Hit that like button on the video. And uh, if you want some extra bonus content throughout the season, Christian uh, puts up some some uh, you know quick 15, 20-minute episodes throughout the year on Patreon.com slash M-I-Y-S-T. You know, why is a guy like Jameson Tyone here, Chris? Red flags, injuries, cheap, cheap, cheap. He never, Brian Cashman, very rarely, I can't remember the last time this guy actually went out, balls out, and said, I don't care what it costs in terms of uh, 
prospects. This is the guy I need on this team. Everything is safe, safe, safe. Oh, well, you know what? He, he, look at this upside on Jameson. Did Jameson Tyone ever hit his upside? Was this Jameson Tyone's upside? He's a decent major league starting pitcher. A three, a low end three on his best, you know, maybe not on his best. No, pick, he's a four. They, they've proven that in the postseason this year. He's a but four. he's a low end three. Like, that's his max ceiling. Yeah, he never goes out there to eliminate question marks. All he does is add more question marks. That's why all you people that got all so goddamn offended by the mascot rant that uh, about Nestor Cortez, it was just another question mark. There were guys on the open market last year that the Yankees could have went out and just got and, and eliminated question marks, and instead they're like, no, we'll trust 93 innings in Nestor Cortez. We'll trust Jamison Tyone, who's never been healthy in his fucking career. We'll trust Luis Severino, who's never been healthy in his career. All these things continually, man, and they just continue to manifest themselves. Nestor was great, but they had to shut him down. And why? Because he threw, he, he, he exceeded by what, 70 innings? And he was hurt in the postseason. You know, let's say they advance. He's not, he wasn't going to be available in the World Series. He wouldn't have been available later in the season. These are all manifestations of the fact that they're trusting guys to do things that they're not capable of doing at this point in time. Luis Severino won in the 60-day IL again. Whether or not it was, it should have been, he was still hurt. He still allowed that to happen. because. And the Yankees actually did something smart. They knew they needed to, to do this to him because of his injury history. These are all guys that continue to cycle in and out, in and out. There's never any question marks eliminated from this team. One guy, Garrett Cole. That's it. How do you win like that? Yeah, and I saw someone uh, just put this in the chat. It's already gone, but I just want to comment on it. It's going to be my last remark as far as the analytics are concerned. It's not the analytics that are the problem. It's it's the amount we're relying on them, and it's the way they're implementing them. And my uncle's been a scout in Major League Baseball for 20 years. And he told me a couple summers ago, he said, the old school guys, the old school scouts who put their eyes on, on talent, they don't want to work for the Yankees anymore. Because when Brian Cashman gets in a room with those guys... They're to a point now where they know nothing they nothing that they say matters. And it made me think of something the other day. Might even been today on my three-hour ride through, tr- through North Jersey traffic to work. One of my favorite things in the world is the scouting report. I forget the, the scout's name of a young Derek Jeter in high school where this guy went out on a limb. Dick Roach. Dick Roach. And not, Roach. not only said okay. that the Yankees should should draft him, but that his destination ends in Cooperstown. If Derek Jeter was a young prospect, high school prospect, in, today, in today's Yankee universe... The analytics, probably, he's probably not even on the Yankees' radar. 
And that's the type of thing. Those are, that's the type of talent and the type of intangible stuff that you lose when you are all analytics and no human element. Derek Jeter analytically might not even might not even be a Yankee if that's the case. Think about that. Think about it. In today's world, Brian Cashman doesn't even think about Derek Jeter. That's what you're missing out on. And that's why analytics are the problem. I've reached a, a certain point here with this team that you just need to see that they care even a shred as much as you do. I need, that's why I said I need my pound of blood. I need my pound of flesh because I need to see this. Why am I, why do I have to be the asshole that lives and dies and has my moods affected by whether or not 26 guys that I don't even fucking know and that would run me over if they saw me standing in a crosswalk, whether they win or lose every day. Why? It's a, Being a fan is a complete sickness, okay? It just is. And it's something that I've embraced. I love the New York Yankees. I love the fact I this is just who I am. I'm a Yankee fan. That's why when you've said it, I've heard other people say, if they don't do this, I'm done. If they don't do this, I'm done. I don't know if I could ever be done. Like, it's just inside. It flows through my blood. Selfishly, I say this all the time. Like, this is something that I've always wanted to share with my kid. And now she's here. Right? I want to, I want it. I want this to be something that we bond over. But if they don't care, why am I going to, why as a father, do I, is this something that I want to pass down? Show me something. Every year we go through the same thing and it's pain and it's pain and it's pain. And there's a clip going around of Derek Jeter saying the worst thing in sports that you could say is we'll get it next year because that's 12 months away we have to go through the, to be even at this point again where the Yankees are in the ALCS is a whole entire year away we have to invest another year of our lives to get to this just to get to this point that's why I need to see something this offseason show me that this means to you what it means to me I'm the paying customer I walk in there and I spend obscene amounts of money to support you. I have an emotional attachment to the NY that's on these guys' chests. I want to pass that emotional attachment along to my own flesh and blood, but you need to show me that it means as much to you as it means to me. And that's why I need something to happen this offseason. Whether it's just Boone, whether it's just Cashman, whether it's both of them, you have to give me that now. Because I'm sick and tired of, of having this shit happen over and over and over again where we don't go the extra mile. I just, 
if you went the if you went out and got Luis Castillo and did all these things that we've been back and 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 started Peraza from Jump Street and or got Correa and you still lost, you know what I could say? They did what they needed to do. They just weren't good enough. And I can put my head on the fucking pillow right here and say, that's okay. Because sometimes in life you're just not good enough. But eliminate the the question marks. Eliminate me having this doubt inside of me. They don't do it. And I need it. Now I need it, Chris. Now this is what I fucking need out of this team. I've been saying it all year, man. Uh, amen. Uh, I'm, I'm right on board with you. And I don't know how much energy I have left that we... You know, we call this our Yankee fan therapy. We've been doing this show since 2017. Um, and every year we're hopeful we're going to finally have an episode or a season that doesn't end with a Yankee fan therapy session and be able to celebrate a World Series victory. And year after year, we just have the same result. And, and year after year, it gets more heartbreaking. But show me now why I why you deserve another year of my life. Show it to me now. Yeah, absolutely. Now's the time. And like I said, I don't know. I, I this was a fucking phenomenal episode. Um, I just I don't know wh- where you wanted the rest of the show to go. Are we going to get to to judge? I think if you want to speak briefly on Aaron Judge, we can do that. I think next week is really the opportunity to do that because um, now that we are, uh, the Yankees are eliminated, we vent it, the frustrations are out now. Uh, As is tradition with this show, it's time to do keep them, dump them. And usually it's a a two-parter. We usually do it over the course of two weeks. Now it's time... I think this year we're going to do it over the course of three weeks because there's a lot of things that need to change on this team. And instead of kind of just rushing through things because we have a lot to talk about, it's better to break it down into three parts. And I think next week, the three guys that are going to shape what this offseason really is, more than anything else, it's Aaron Boone, it's Brian Cashman, and it's Aaron Judge, and they're going to be the first three up. Yeah, so that's why I'm going to keep it completely brief. I just want to comment on some of the people out there who I don't, uh, I mean, I'm sorry if some, this is some of you in the chat. I'm sure, uh, you know, I, I understand emotions are running high, but anyone who, if you want to say let Aaron Judge walk and rebuild or whatever, don't sign him because he's older. That's one thing, and I still think you're fucking crazy. But to react emotionally from a guy who literally carried this team the whole season because he was he was bad, he, he didn't show up. That's just crazy to me, and and and, and I could never ever support that. Rob, and, we're sorry. Uh, I don't actually have the chat up in front of me, but we did. I, I we do. I was going to get back to it. Rob oh, and uh, and Zach Brownish sent us a, a super chat too, just thanking us, and and I'll get back to that. We were just in a good flow, but here's what I'll say about Aaron Judge. If your reason for letting him walk at this point is because he didn't show up in the postseason, or that we shouldn't spend the money on a guy who's what thirty one, he'll be thirty one. He's you know 
a little bit older than than most guys signing that first big contract. Fine. Okay. I'll just play your game for a minute. As a fan, it's going to hurt really bad to see him in another uniform. But as someone who is a fan and cares about this team, think of it beyond that for a second. If the Yankees were going to, again, we'll go back to Brian Cashman and, and how incompetent he is. If the Yankees were going to fail to sign this guy and they're just going to move on and let another team outbid them and not sign him because he's older, you really care about the future of this fucking team, then you should be even more angry that he's walking for nothing. Because if I'm going to feel that fucking pain, then at least give me something for it. If the Yankees had no intention after they failed to sign him to compete with any bid that he gets, no matter how big, if they had no intention of doing that and they just let him go, then that is even worse. Because if that was your intention, then at least trade him and give me something for him at his peak. Because as a fan, yeah, it's going to hurt. But when you really look at things, that's going to hurt even more. So your intention better be whether it's Brian Cashman or someone else to literally hand this guy a blank check or to compete with anyone else out there. Because if you weren't intending to, then you failed yet again. You want to get to those chats real quick? Yeah. You talk for a few minutes. I got to go back and find them. Okay. So I'll just say this about Aaron Judge because, like I said, we're going to just – I for the newer uh, listeners slash viewers, uh, what we usually – what we do is we will run the polls on at NYYST underscore podcast. You vote, keep, dump, and basically it's real simple. I don't, I, it's not complicated. I know a lot of people like to complicate the, the, no, it's in a vacuum. Do you want this guy on the team or not? You vote and that's it. Okay. So next week, I think we're just going to do those three guys because I think, that, like I said, I think they're going to shape the foundation of this offseason more than anything else. But to sit here and tell me that you don't want Aaron Judge back because he was dreadful in the postseason. You'll be the first one bitching and complaining and crying when he's wearing another uniform next year. I know it to be true because I've seen it over the last six years of doing this. If there's one guy that you could say, yeah, you need to be better in the postseason, but I can forgive you and I need you on this team. I think Aaron Judge has, has earned that. There is under no circumstances should he be playing for anybody but the New York Yankees next year. And the fact that I've seen tweets today saying that the Yankees should let him walk so they could start Jason Dominguez, you might have bigger brain damage than, than anybody that I've ever encountered on social media. And that's saying something that if you know anything about the New York Yankees to think that they are going to not only let 
a top 10 player in the sport walk, who was the best player in the sport this year, walk, and replace him with somebody that barely had enough time to wipe his own ass at double A, then you really don't know how this organization is run. Unless, again, caveat, somebody else is running this organization, which we're still hoping does come into fruition. Oh, man. All right. Uh, let's see here. I got the rod, the raw super chat. Shout out to the bros. You guys crushed it this year. Continued success. Bottom line is Yankees need to stick to paying for the best players, period. They're terrible at analytics. Be the Yankees. You know what, Roth? Thanks for all your support this year. You've Absolutely, been there. Man. You've been there for the entire ride. And and what you said at the end there is something that I think really needs to hit home for this for Hal Steinbrenner and all the players that are putting on the pinstripes. Be the Yankees. Because for the first time in my life, I don't I I'm questioning what it means to be a Yankee right now. It's not the same. And we're talking about a franchise who who continues all these traditions that are outdated that we defend and we love. They mean nothing if you're not going to keep the tradition of what it means to be a New York Yankee. Those those things are do become stupid like it like they are to all other people. They become the stupid little things that the Yankees do. But to us, they mean something. Because it means something to be a Yankee. And right now, I don't know if it does. I don't know if it's the same anymore. And I never wanted to get to a point in, as my, as, in my life as a Yankee fan to question that. And I never thought we would. I don't know. Do you have anything else? Or, uh, um, Zach Brownish, another one, another guy who supported us from the beginning. I don't ha- I can't get back to the super chat and I apologize. Um, but thank you. Honestly, we've had a lot of people and thank you to everyone who's, who stuck around. We had a, we had a nice turnout for this episode. Um, for anyone listening to us for the first time, for people who have been here, episode after episode we honestly can't thank you enough and again please if you if you also listen to podcasts subscribe to us we're on any platform you you listen to your shows um so you don't miss an episode because you know we don't stop in the in the you know you can argue that some of our best episodes come in the off season because i mean it's easier to do the show when the season's in in progress you have so much to talk about but when you have this type of energy and passion after this team breaks your heart, I think we put out some pretty incredible content when there's not even games being played. So we thank you for your support for MIY up. And uh, Zach Brown has just sent another, I think he said a great 2022 is all I said for MIY news TV. Thanks buddy. Thank you, bro. We appreciate it. Rob, we appreciate it. And listen, man, this is we're signed, we're going to wrap up this episode here. And this is kind of like the end of the season, uh, you know, so it's I, I, I would be remiss if I did remiss if I didn't say thank you to everybody that supported us through this year. We didn't know we didn't we didn't think we were coming back 
after last season. And we're back, and I've had a, such a renewed energy and a renewed passion for doing this. And I got, you know, obviously we got to thank Pete and NYY News. Yeah, TV. man, Pete, dude, th- this guy, b- you know, behind the scenes, I know everyone sees his game season lives and stuff like that, and all his energy. You don't see behind the scenes when when us two assholes are talking for two hour shows. And he's sitting there behind the scenes making sure everything's going right. Uh, you know, no matter what time of the day, no matter if the guy just traveled and, and drove from where he lives up to New Jersey for 10 hours and back, he's always there. So, Pete, can't thank you enough, man. Great season. And uh, real quick, Anthony Medina, another another loyal, loyal fan of the show, sent us a super chat. We thank you. He said, uh, shout out to you guys for an amazing show and continued success moving forward. Thank Love you, your bro. show, and we'll always watch. Thanks, man. So, like I said, man, I got to thank everybody that supports us, you know, on NYY News TV, on Apple Podcasts. Uh, you know, sometimes I take shit for some of the things that I say, but I know that you guys are the real ones. You guys know where I'm coming from. You guys know where we're coming from. You know that all we want is the best out of the New York Yankees, and all we're doing is trying to give you guys – the best and most honest coverage of this team, man. I never say anything that I don't truly believe. And obviously, you guys know sometimes I embellish shit just to be entertaining on the show. But I think if you follow this show and especially this channel, especially over the last course of, uh, over the course of this last season, and see what people are saying now, we've we've been we've already been on this. Okay, so you guys know that. And we love you, and we appreciate the support. And next week, man, if you guys haven't been around for the Keepin' Dumplings, please uh, follow us on Twitter at NYYSC underscore podcast so you can be a part They're of the They're always our biggest shows, by the way. Yeah, and, and that's why we're, it's another reason why we're going to break them down into three parts th- uh, this coming year. I'm not sure if anybody else is going to be next week, but I will tell you that we're doing Judge, Boone, and Cashman next week. We're going to break it all down, whether these guys should be back or not. I mean, it's pretty obvious if you've been paying attention to this to this show what we're going to do uh regarding those guys but i think a more in-depth conversation of why or why not will happen and then uh it'll be the hitters and the pitchers uh i don't know in what order yet but that's you know that's the next three weeks and as long as everybody's down for it we'll be back here live each of the next three weeks uh to break it all down and to you know to keep you guys going through the off season so thank you very very much for all your continued support uh, unfortunately, it's another year that ends in heartbreak. It is another year that ends without another World Series for the New York Yankees. But, you know, this is what we do. We're fans, man, and we just got to continue pushing forward. But, you know, I got we got to see something now this year. So thank you once again. Uh, and there's only one thing left to say, and that's Chris. Say goodbye. N-Y-Y-S-T. This is New York, Yankee Sports Talk. Yep. Swinging for the fences, knock it out the park. This is New York, Yankee Sports Talk. Woo. Christian and Chris, of course, SGR. Yep. This is New York, Yankee Sports Talk. Call me New York, Yankee Sports Talk. Uh. Record, rain, and shine. Grab your shades and umbrellas. NYYST, you're hanging with the fellas.